Smoke. Welcome to the Pillars of Smoke podcast. My name is Mag. And I'm Sam. Come on. Let's get it. Someone told me long ago, there's a calm before the storm. I know it's been coming for some time. When it's over, so they say, it'll rain a sunny day. I know. What a banger. Credence Clearwater Revival. Let's go. Uh, mm. Speaking of revival. Asbury. Tell them. Asbury em. University has been popping off since February 8th. Oh, that's wild. Last Wednesday. Wild. Wild. We had one of our old professors go out there and check it out. He said it's amazing. He has a whole article. We'll put the link in there for you guys if you want to read it. But man, it's just if you haven't looked at this, please go. Oh yeah, look up some videos. A lot of it's on TikTok. Um, be weary of the people saying that it's not genuine. Yeah, and listen to what they're saying because we're it, me, me and Mag are from a conservative camp. Sure. Um, within within to theology, say, like conservative to say the least. To say the least, <laughs> we're we're from a we're from a conservative camp to say the least. Uh, but when, when you look at things that the Holy Spirit is doing, um, when it comes to things specifically like revival and, uh, the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in people's lives, I would venture to say, tread carefully on what you say, uh, and how you observe those things. If you're skeptical about it, don't make any judgments on it. Um, it may just be that you are not attuned to those types of things, and I'm sorry coming from the from the states. Uh, the United States can be a spiritually deaf place. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah. things like I mean, this, we can be ignorant to the spirit very oh, often. Oh, very yes, a lot of the times. But things like this happen all around the world. Yeah, constantly, and I think we just have so many distractions here in the U.S. Yeah, that we're not just that we're just that we see things like that, and it's like mm, I don't know. That seems a little kooky. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But what's happening at Asbury, man? That's some powerful stuff, man. Absolutely. Like there was there was a video there that I saw that uh, this woman actually started like convulsing. Like she started she started having like a seizure, but it was random. Like it wasn't like. Like she was like in the middle pew, like she just started kind of having like a seizure, and it was like they looked at it as a medical thing. They're like, "Hey, can you pull her out to the to the aisle? Can we get some medical people to come and check on her?" Okay. And as they were checking on her, this lady, this lady kind of felt like to pray over her, and she started praying, praying to like, "Hey, release like whatever oppression is over this woman. We we pray in the name of Jesus, like be released." You can hear in this video. Of about 20 seconds into this woman praying, this guttural screech come out. 
and it's very it's one of those things that it's i i am still uh slightly skeptical on it okay i will say that i'm still slightly skeptical on it but it was one of those things that it's like okay that kind of sounded otherworldly (laughs) 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 it slightly sounded otherworldly i'm not there in the room i cannot make a proper discernment on what that was maybe that woman was actually screaming in pain from a seizure (laughs) Uh, but what i do know is that there was medical people there that were helping her so if it was a scream from the seizure they're there to help her right if it was a scream because of some type of spiritual being being released from her there were also spiritual healers there i'm just kidding (laughs) uh i cannot attest to those things because I'm not in the room. No, yeah, for sure. But no, th- but I just think it's very interesting that we have something like uh, like a revival happening in the mm-hmm. Midwest and, oh, yeah. and in that uh, in that area of Kentucky. Is that considered the Midwest? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it Bible Belt? Whatever, Bible Belt. Bible Belt. Um, I just think it's fantastic, man. It's something that we haven't seen something in a very long time. If you hear like noise in the back, I'm Mag adjusting my adjusting mic. I'm sorry, his, guys. His microphone. I have to. This thing was annoying me. I mean, you don't have so, to. No, I, I was. I had to. I had to. The, the mic was already getting on my nerves. So I just think it's very interesting, man, that, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've grown up pretty much in the church my entire life. And um, I might be one of those people that's kind of like death to mm-hmm. um, uh, or not very sensitive to these things. And um, I've never really been part of a revival, never really seen one, mm-hmm. um, which is. And I've heard people ask for it. I've in prayer. I've heard churches try to try to spark one up at some point or another. And revivals um, are it's something that has to be spirit led. Oh, absolutely! It's not something that we can manufacture. It's mm-hmm. not something that we can just you know spark up uh, with the with the um, with the from the snap of a finger. But mm-hmm. it's definitely something that has to come from the Holy Spirit. Oh, it has, it's 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 a very powerful thing spiritually speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's very interesting what's going on out there. I, I haven't been. I've seen it on social media here and there, especially from yours. I know you've posted a couple yeah, times. Yeah, I have. Um, I've seen it when I've been scrolling through feeds on TikTok and things like that. But I'm gonna look a little closerly onto this, especially now that that I know that Dr. Slavage is looking at it as well, and yeah. and other worship leaders have been out there and, and past. And I think it's really cool what you said that they've. There's been worship leaders who have offered their like services and their expertise i guess and their skills and talent to lead worship and the the the, the university the university like, no, and the church has been like no you're good the students are doing it let them continue doing it come this experience is how, this with come us ex- but let our students gone. do what they do well that's the cool thing is go. that some of them have gone and they just go to worship yep. which is really really cool so i think it's fantastic man yeah. i'm gonna do some research on it if you haven't done any research go ahead and uh, and look it up, Asbury in Kentucky mm-hmm. revival. And just pray for that man. Just yeah. pray for what no, the Lord yeah. is doing over there. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's one way that we can that we can also take part of this revival is mm-hmm. is joining them in prayer. And I think that's absolutely um, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Join them in prayer. Um, and if and if you could get a little wild, I might. I'm gonna man, try. If you have the opportunity to go, I'm gonna try. But I, we don't know when this thing will end. Uh, well, I say that because we have a professor, Dr. Slavage, according to, to Sam, Dr. Slavage was out there at some point or another, and he made his way down. He did like a 10-hour drive to go out there to yep. 
from Oklahoma or something to go and check this thing out just for that. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 might, it seems like it's worth it. And he's been posting about it and talking about it. So um, I don't know. Maybe. We'll look at plane tickets tomorrow. See what happens. <laughs> sure is sure is not driving my car out there. <laughs> you think it'll make it? Yeah, it'll make it. Yeah. My car? Yeah. Bruh. Your Honda. Come on now. Come on now. Hey, Bro. That thing is faithful. Gosh. Faithful and true. Oh, girl. She'll make it. She won't make it back. But she'll make it. <laughs> Excuse to get a truck. Yeah. Oh, come on now. Preach. Pray for that, too. No, I'm just kidding. Hey. <laughs> All right, man. So what are we getting into tonight? Or man, this so, episode? So, so we are. We are. I mean, it is nighttime for us when we're recording this. But uh, for whoever is listening in today's episode. Uh, You're in for a treat. Hey. Uh, so we are continuing through the book of hebrews come on now so Hold we on. have gone through uh hey there we go hebrews uh so we've looked at hebrews one through four we've learned wow. we've learned about jesus being our rest mm-hmm. uh we have learned about him being greater than moses and what that means to the people of god and that time period uh we've looked we've looked at him being the founder of our salvation we've looked at him and the supremacy that he holds as the son of god and today today we are really getting into his priesthood oh and it's cool Come is because on. hebrews 5 it really starts in, it really starts in chapter 4 yeah, it, really does. it starts at the end of chapter 4 starting at verse 14 yeah. uh and it continues into chapter 5 but what's amazing is um pretty much from chapter 4 14 through probably maybe chapter 8 mm-hmm. 9 probably 8 through chapter 8 so we're talking about four and a half chapters is just talking about Jesus's priesthood. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, that's a lot. That's insane. <coughs> and that just gives you that that just notes the importance of this of this subject. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not going to spoil it for you. Let's let's, oh, let's no, let let's get into speak it. for themselves. Let's get into Come it. On, All right. So verse uh, Hebrews chapter five verse one for every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. So that's, that's the sacrificial system that we see instituted in the old Testament there. He's, I mean, he's, it seems like he's just explaining the, the nature of priesthood of the, the the office of the priest generally. Exactly. uh, And and what it's supposed to look like generally. Right. Uh, Verse two, he can deal. And then this is, this is kind of cool too, because this is, this is more now, speaking to the attitude of the priest he can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness because of this he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins just as he does for those of the people and no one takes his honor for for himself but only when called by god just as aaron was now there, there you need to understand here in verse three it's not talking about jesus yeah, we're still just talking about. No, this is still just. This is this general, is just the general high priest. Yep. that was within the Jewish community. Yeah, like this is like common practice for them to, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a recommendation for for priests back in the Old Testament. We'll see it in many different places. Mm-hmm. Um, where is it? Here we go. Relation of God. Where is it? And there's an understanding there in verse three of 
because of this, he's obligated to, ac- to offer sacrifice for his own sins. This was this was part of the sacrificial system. Before the priest yep. could so, ever make sacrifice for the people, he had to cleanse himself first, yep. and, and even in order to enter into the temple to make sacrifices. So I was just looking for uh, for the <coughs> reference, and the reference is coming out of uh, Leviticus chapter four, verse three, Leviticus nine, and Leviticus sixteen. Uh, but it says like this, and and verse. Uh, Leviticus 4, verse 3. Um, if it is the anointed priest who sins, thus bring guilt on the people, then he shall offer for uh, then he shall off, offer for the sin that he has uh, committed, a bull from the herd without blemish um, to the Lord for the sin offering. Hmm. Then verse and and then uh, nine seven. Then Moses said. To Aaron, draw near to the altar and offer your sin offerings and your burnt offering and make atonement for yourself and for the people and bring offering of the people and make atonement for them as the Lord has commanded. Hmm. Uh, so this is just painting the picture that that priests were essentially sinners just like we were. Exactly. Or excuse me, just like we are. And without... The idea was that without them first atoning for their sin, they could not properly atone or give offering for the sin of the people of Mm -hmm. Israel. Um, And I love that it says here in the text in Hebrews that they ought to deal with the people gently Mm. because they're sinful just like the priest is sinful. Mm -hmm. And it never allows us to... Um, it never allows us to, the text never represents the gravity of someone's sinfulness and someone's wickedness in the eyes of the Lord. Mm. And it, it constantly reminds us of that, yes, there are some people that have certain duties, certain offices, certain jobs in the kingdom of God, but they are still sinful people who are not above anyone else. Mm. They still have to offer up sin offerings for themselves before they can um, offer up sin offerings for use in this context. Right. Obviously, not not going on now. And that and that and that dealing gently also is like it, it makes me think of the Pharisees in the Gospels. Yeah. Because they didn't deal gently no, they with did the not, people. Not once. They were, they were very harsh with the people. And if mm. you didn't stick to their tradition, you didn't stick to the law, and you didn't, they would flog you, they'd stone you, they'd do everything else. Like, yeah. And that's not what this is saying here. This that's is saying the, 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 the priest is supposed to be a gentle person. Yeah. It's kinda, it kind of it kind of reminds me of uh, um, chaplains for the military. Right. Chaplains for the military are, when they are in uniform, are considered by who they are and they're chaplains and because they're chaplains they're men of the cloth or women of the cloth depending on the denomination right right. uh and because of that they are seen as peaceful people so chaplains in the military are actually not allowed to hold a weapon while they're in uniform yeah no handguns no machine guns nothing yeah, I have a great friend of mine who's a, uh, a chaplain in the Navy uh, currently. Uh, brilliant, 
brilliant man. Guy. Yeah, brilliant guy. Brilliant guy. He's absolutely one of the sweetest people that I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And in service and out of service, this gentle. guy is gentle, humble, well spoken, but funny as heck. Oh, super funny. <laughs> funny looking too. No, I'm just kidding. Love you, Donnie. <laughs> Love you, Brosco. Um, <clears throat> no, but he is absolutely one of the one of the. He is a very gentle person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he will uh, reproof and correct mm-hmm. when needed, but he does it in such a loving way mm-hmm. that every time I go see him, I always feel, to be honest with you, I always feel very refreshed every mm-hmm. time I hang out with him. He's such a great guy. Um, but it's a very good picture of of what we're supposed to see um, in someone in, in this type of office. Right. It's what you would expect. And then what's cool is 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 this setup of, the characteristic of the high priest is that it's actually speaking directly to the character of Christ. Mm-hmm. He is gentle and lowly a spirit. Uh, he is loving. He still comes at you with like, you know, a conviction and bringing you into like repentance and everything else, but he deals with you gently. And then what I love here is verse four and no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God. Yeah that's the bigger portion where it's like you are not you don't you don't get to wake up one day and be like i want to be the high priest can i be the high priest jesus Mm-mm. god can i do this please and he's like no <laughs> if i didn't call you to do it then you're not going to be it right and then then we have verse five so also christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest but was appointed by him who said to him you are my son Today I have begotten you. And that's important to note in there because it wasn't like Jesus was like, all right, I'm up. Like, let me go do this work. No, it was the father who said, son, I'm sending you down. I'm sending you down to live the perfect life. I'm sending you down to understand these people, to deal with them gently. And you're going to be their high priest. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at, um, let's look here. Oh no. Why is it doing this? What? It's it's. <laughs> what is it doing? Uh, it's only spitting out King James. Oh, give, right, us, so give us the to, King James. You're gonna have to bear with me here. Okay, so if if we were to look at um, verse five, mm-hmm. what does the verse five say? Verse five says, "So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest." But was appointed by him who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And doesn't that sound very familiar of something that we see in John chapter 8 verse 50, where it says, and the King James says, (laughs) and I seek not my own glory. Mm. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. He's not seeking, he's not going out out of his way to do what what is in Jesus's best interest. Mm-hmm. Jesus has always been for and always mindful of the best interest of God. Mm. One, because he is God. Mm-hmm. Um, but as he's not seeking out his human interest. Right. At the garden of Gethsemane, at the garden where he's doing his high priestly prayer, he's not over here asking, oh Lord, let your will be done. I mean, he is, but he, he's not saying, Lord, make this easy on me. Right. He says, he even says, Lord, if there is if any other way. cup from me, 
please. Please do something here, bro, bro. And he's like, you know what? Nope. Your will is going to be done. Mm. And, it, and it is being done. And, and we always see that Jesus is always seeking out um, the will of the Father before he's seeking out anything else. And we also see that reiterated, or not even reiterated, we saw it shown first in Psalm chapter 2, verse 7. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. Hmm. I love that King That, yeah, <laughs> tough to read, <laughs> but the idea has always been that God will is going to appoint at some point or another the perfect high priest. Mm-hmm. And the idea has always been that that perfect high priest is going to be the one who's going to crush the head of the serpent. Exactly. As we see in, in Genesis 3.15. But there's only one that can really do that. Right. And we see that with all the other high priests, they've all had to give atonement for their sin. Mm-hmm. We don't see that with Jesus. No, you don't. Because he doesn't have to. That's interesting. Let's keep going. That's why he's the high priest. Come on now. So then verse 6 says, He says also in another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. (laughs) We're not getting into Melchizedek today. Catch us in a few episodes. You'll catch it then. Uh, Verse 7. And here's where it's really cool too, because here's where also we will see um, that, that sacrificial servitude of who Jesus is in not seeking his own glory and not trying to honor himself in this thing. Like this is where we really see the depiction of that in verses seven through 10. It says in the days of his flesh, I love that because it's saying like, Hey, here is a deity in the days of his flesh. Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So again, here we see that same that same appointing to the position of high priest, but high priest forever by God, not from himself. And then we also see that his life, to live a perfect life, was not something that came easy to him. It was something that he struggled through, that he suffered through, yeah. is what verse 8 says. And I think, that that's, I think that's the bigger thing for us to understand. Because I think a lot of times people will look at Jesus. And, and, and what I really love with these verses is that it, we... Proper doctrine says that Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. And we constantly, I think we forget that Jesus was 100% man. I think a lot of times people forget his humanate, like his humanistic side. And they always look at Jesus as I just think, God. I think Christians do that. <clears throat> yes, I think Christians do that. Christians I think, do that. I think non-Christians will look at Jesus and be like, he was a man. He was uh, just a man. He was just, just a man. A priest, he, he probably he did just, all this, that, that, and the third. But yeah. with Christians, it's like, no, he was God. And it's like, we, we, we forget that we he was also forget man. forget that he was man. Yeah. Like, and because of that, like, when we come to, like, the idea of the high priest because the high priest was a sinner, just like you were, 
because he dealt gently with you, because he dealt graciously with himself and his own sins, he understood the things that you're going through because he also was a sinner. In this context with Jesus, you have to look at him in this light of high priest in the sense of he did suffer through temptations. He did struggle Absolutely. with things. He, it did hurt him. It was painful. Yes, he was perfect because he was also 100% yeah. God, but he was still 100% human. And because of that, because of the humanistic side of who Jesus was, this is what really helps us understand that he gets us. He understands where you are, the struggles that you're going through, the suffering that you're going through, the pain that you feel, the everything, all the emotions that you feel. He felt every single one of those things, but without sin. Yeah. And I think this is the biggest test of, of uh, for us as Christians, is looking at Jesus and saying that, um, that we trust that Jesus's life is sufficient. Mm. His life and his death is sufficient for my salvation. Hmm. That's a big ask. It's a really big ask. Especially when you're saying that salvation is not through works. And this is where that whole concept comes along because if mm -hmm. it's through works, it disjoins the sacrifice of Christ. Right. It's it disjoins and it it detaches um, the work of Christ, and it substitutes your work for Christ's, or it substitutes Christ's work for your work. Mm. If your salvation is contingent on you saving yourself, going to church, doing the <coughs> prayer thing, um, feeding the hungry, doing what all of these things that we try to substitute all of these things that we try to add to salvation, mm -hmm. we are disconnecting and we are, we are belittling the work of Christ. Mm. Um, we're belittling the work of Christ and saying, my work is better than Jesus' work. Ooh. Oof. And that's... we can't, that's, that's exactly what happens. Every time that we say, I need to earn my salvation, or conversely, when I say, I can't sin, or I can't approach the throne, mm. I can't approach Jesus as my great high priest because I've sinned, therefore I've lost my salvation. Mm. When we do that, we say that Jesus' work on earth to live that perfect life as our great high priest and to suffer death, to atone for our sins as our great high priest is not sufficient because my sin is greater than his work. Mm. That's, that sounds a little convoluted. That sounds wrong. It is wrong. It is wrong. But that's the mentality of many, of many Christians. Mm. Many Christians are out there walking around with their heads slumped down and over their shoulders and uh, looking down onto the ground thinking that and i'm saying that there's christians out there because i'm one of those christians sometimes i'm one of those christians that when i when i fall into temptation when i sin when i'm when i'm constantly you know badgering myself and and just letting my mind run amok mm -hmm. and saying dude are you really saved mm -hmm. look at look at the slew of disaster that you've left behind you like what's wrong with you and you feel like you can't approach the throne. You feel like you just can't approach the throne. 
and very little, and I, I, I can preach this to myself because I know it because I'm in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But imagine those. But imagine those Christians that aren't in the Word consistently. Mm. They they don't know and they do not remember that it's Christ as our High Priest mm-hmm. that atones for our sin. Mm. Not Creator God. Yes, that's part of it. Not Sovereign God. Not King God. Mm-hmm. But it's Christ, our high priest, mm. who's atoning for our sin. It, it's, it's, and, the, and, and that'll all tie back to reminding ourselves of verse two. Yes, we've sinned. Yes, we've sinned. But he will deal with us gently. Absolutely. And he always does. And, and though there may be some discipline sometimes, but he will deal with us gently. And it's it's <laughs> it's funny because my wife will actually say this sometimes to me. She's like, "You you you got to stop looking at God as just a disciplinary person." Because mm. sometimes I get tr- sometimes I get stuck in that. I get stuck in like, "Oh man, but if I do this, I'm going to get disciplined." <laughs> like, I think that's just like I don't know if I've been in corporate world for too long or like yeah. my upbringing, whatever it was. Like sometimes I do get stuck in like. I I'm scared of approaching the throne because I'm going to get disciplined and it's not necessarily that I'm going to get disciplined. It's yes, of course there's going to be discipline because a, a good father disciplines his children. The scripture says, but it's more so in the sense of he's going to treat me gently yeah, because he loves me and he wants me to be more righteous. He wants me to be more holy. He wants me to look more like him. He wants me to repent from my sins. He wants me to, turn away from things and live a more righteous life that it's going to exemplify the gospel in my life versus walking around my head slumped down like you were saying like if that is you if you're one of those people that's constantly walking around with your head slumped down and you're always scared of your sin or whatever it is know that there's grace in those moments yeah and you can approach him because that's what he's there for like it's like i the, the the whole passage really kind of like compresses on itself. Yeah. Especially when it comes like, like as, as I look at verses seven through 10 and then I compare them to verses one through four, like number three, he's obligated. Like his sacrifice made him obligated to be this way for us and not obligated in a bad sense. I think we have like, but this is this is what he's obligated to do, which is which is crazy. But that, that you're saying that this passage is compressing itself on, into into itself. In verse seven, he says, "It's a, the the writer says that Jesus offered up prayers and supplications mm-hmm. with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence." Was Jesus saved from his death? No. No. But he had peace about his death. Mm. He knew that his death was the will of God. He knew that his death was going to bring salvation to all those who would believe. Mm. Therefore, he was able to carry out the work of his, the the work of his obligation Mm -hmm. with reverence. Mm. 
and that's that is that's the crux of the matter is do we understand do we understand that we no longer have to contribute to our salvation all we have to do is trust the work of Christ and live a life in reverence mm. in lieu of that mm. that's good that's good that's our obligation now right our obligation is simply not to do any work our obligation is simply to trust the work of Christ as our high priest and basically turn away from sin and say Jesus is better hmm. why because that's what he did right we put on the new life we put on that new that new that new self that we have we, we fall into sin, we get up, and we say, you know what? Lord, forgive me, and walk away. Mm -hmm. it, easier said than done. Easier said than done. Definitely. And it should never become a habitual thing either. Mm -mm. <clears throat> it should never become a habitual thing. No, it's because a habitual then thing then no, we, we then fall into that, into that trap that, that... Abusing grace from <laughs> Romans. <laughs> yeah. Abusing grace from Romans. Yeah. So then, but I think we I think a, a person knows when they're abusing grace or not. Oh yeah. So 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 here's a here's a cool thing with Hebrews five. Because now from from Hebrews four fourteen through the end of Hebrews eight, we're talking about Jesus as high priest, and it's gonna look at different facets of that. And Hebrews five really kind of sets up his office and what it is that he's supposed to do and how he got into this office and why he's in this office. And here's where theology gets deep mm. here's where theology gets really deep because the rest of this chapter 11 to 14, 14. is really going to throw a wrench in your plan because mm. you may have an understanding of what's going on here but the author of hebrews is literally saying you don't <laughs> <laughs> oh you think you got it okay, you think cool. you got it okay cool let me throw this at you so check this out verse 11 about this we have much to say and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. My, oh my gosh. goodness. Keep going. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the uh -oh. basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk this is the one that like hurts for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child Ugh. oh hold on hold on you can't say amen you ought to say ouch you Ooh. can't say amen you ought to say ouch oh, oh thanks Bodie. appreciate you homie verse 14 but solid Food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Mm. So here's what the author of Hebrews is saying. I'm about to switch into a very deep teaching, and this is going to be something that's very hard to explain, and you're really going to have to know how to chew a piece of meat because everything that I'm giving you from here on out is T-bone steak. Oh, yeah. Filet mignon. Ribeye. Oh, yeah. New York strip. Yummy. 
We're not giving you goat's milk anymore. Not anymore. You're done. You're not getting milk from your mother's from your mother's bosom anymore. <laughs> You're not getting cow milk. You're not getting none of that no more. I am giving you solid food. Here we go. From chapter six to the end of this letter. This is such a bold statement in these four verses because he's literally telling them. Brace yourself. If you don't get this, if you don't even understand the basic principles of what I've been teaching you from chapter one to now, you're really not going to get the rest of this. No. And it really does get a lot more complicated. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The rest of this book. (laughs) You're all in for a ride. Like right now, basically, it's been very basic up Mm -hmm. to this point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think anyone up to this point can look at it and be like, "Yeah, I agree with that." Okay, that's understandable. I that's get it. Understandable, but when the next one says, "Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity," not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, and I'll stop there because I'm not going to get into the rest of chapter six. But there's verse one. That's verse one. That's verse one of chapter six. He's literally telling them. We're getting into this. And by the way, I mean, this is just the end of chapter five. We have, there's, there's 13 chapters in this book. So from mm. six to 13, there's a heavy hitting book. Heavy hitting. Like brace yourself because it, it I mean, it's going to be a long, I mean, we're going to do it one week at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this chapter, what hits me hardest is where where he says in verse 12 you ought to be teachers mm. you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of god like the writer here is basically just telling you yo stop forgetting mm-hmm. stop forgetting that two plus two equals four and let's move on to some calculus here mm. Forget the algebra. We're just moving on to straight calculus. Trigonometry. Trig. Quantum mechanics. Oh, gosh. We're about to get complicated. Oh, man. So if you can't understand that 2 plus 2 is 4, you're going to have a very hard time with the, with the more challenging aspects of Scripture, mm-hmm. which, goes to, which begs the question, <clears throat> which begs the question. And this is why we have such a... This is why we have very dull ears as Christians. Because we wanna we want to we wanna occupy ourselves and our minds mm-hmm. and our arguments with complicated subjects of doctrine and theology. Without having to put the work in. With no without understanding the priesthood of Jesus. Mm. We want to have discussions of, let's, let, let me just toss a little nugget of, we want to have discussions of predestination. Sub- subjects like infralapsarianism, eschatology. Double atonement. Bro, double <laughs> imputation. And you can't, and you haven't yet understood <clears throat> the simple concept that Jesus is your high priest. Mm. 
do not go into deeper subjects if you are not first living in reverence to Jesus. Mm. If you're not first living to your primary obligation, which is simply trusting the work of Jesus, mm. there is no reason to go deeper. In other words, if you have not gotten the gospel down in your life, if you do not understand what the gospel has done for you in your life, you cannot move forward to understand the deeper doctrines and theologies of Christ. And, and trust me, we're not, I'm, not, I'm not pounding away with a sledgehammer oh, at no. you. I'm preaching to myself here. I, I, I'm legit preaching to myself. Same. I was having this conversation with my girl not too long ago. So it, this, is not, this is not coming. These aren't empty words that I'm just spewing out here to make you feel bad. This is, this is me speaking from my own, uh, from my own convictions. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time. And I want to say it's because of seminary. <laughs> I really do. Sometimes I, I feel like seminary's kind of like messed me up because it kind of throws you into the deep end from day one. Oh, yeah. Definitely. They throw you in the deep end from day one, and you're swimming around in this, in this ocean of theology and in this ocean of like operational ministry and learning how to get things done and work within the ministry and th do things and how to read scripture and language and all these things. But very, there's very little emphasis on, on a, on spiritual disciplines, mm -hmm. beginning with understanding the gospel and the priesthood of Jesus. It's a, it's a two credit class. It, yeah, it's, your, a, it's a two credit class. No, it's in a your, one credit class in your in your freshman semester. <laughs> no, I think it's like a one credit class. Is it? One yeah, it's, it's one credit. <laughs> In yeah. your freshman semester. Spiritual disciplines, one credit. I remember that. <clears throat> and I thought that was the most, and it, you know what's funny is that every professor that taught that class, Slavich taught that class at one point, I think, mm -hmm. and so did Lemma. And they would always say that this is the most important class that you'll ever take in seminary. Yep. And the one question that would always ask in that class was, if it's so important, why is it only one credit? <laughs> And then you know what though? You know what though? To that to that testament. The same thing here with Hebrews five. Mm -hmm. If if Christ is my holy priest, is so important. Christ is my high priest. If if that is so important, that it is, then then why is it just the basic principle? Because without that without that one basic principle. Everything else falls apart. That, you know what's funny is that with a one credit <laughs> class, there's not much effort that you have to put in to pass the class. There isn't. It's pass fail. Yeah. Did you? There's did, not. Did you read? Much. Did you read? Yeah. Did you journal? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me see. Yeah. Cool. Great. Check. Same thing with the gospel. Mm. It's pass fail. There's no quiz. There's no. There's there's nothing to it. Do you trust us do with you, your whole heart? Do you believe? Yes. Great. We can move on. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that, because we're not coming back to the milk. Nope. Milk is done. I'm lactose intolerant, bro. I can never <laughs> go back to milk. I'm 
not even joking. I really am. I can't even eat ice cream, bro. Oh, I'm messed up. I'm so sorry for you. I know. You can't even have nachos. You know what? I can power through. There's like a little pill now that they sell that supposedly like helps people lactate. out of lactose. Lactate. Lactate pills? Lactate pills. Yeah, lactate pills. That's what it is. Lactate pills. Yeah. I still haven't taken them. <laughs> and I love nachos, bro. And there's no lactate for the gospel, guys. So, uh, no, there isn't. Learn your gospel. That's the whole point of this, like, of this, of this passage is, and, and, it, and it's interesting because in the ESV, this section is labeled warning against apostasy. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting? That you can't apostatize. You're not considered an apostate if you don't believe the five solas. Hmm. You're not considered an apostate. Right. You just considered a heretic. <laughs> but whatever. You you don't have to believe predestination. You don't have to you don't have to subscribe to that doctrine. Mm-hmm. You don't have to subscribe to, to the doctrine of infralapsarianism. No. But you're an apostate if you can't accept that Jesus is your high priest. Mm. Like Vodi says. Can't say amen. You ought to say ouch. Thanks, Vody. <laughs> we just figured out how to put that hot cue in there. We got another hot cue in there that we got. We're not going to put it out yet, but we have one in there already that, oof, oof. what? Oh, man. That's going to be amazing. We're going to have so, a lot of fun. So we really want you guys, uh, man, join us. Continue on this journey with us. Continue into deeper theology with us as we continue through Hebrews. And just remind yourself that Jesus is your high priest and that you can go to him and he'll be gentle with you. Oh, absolutely. Mm. You know, um, there's, there's going to be moments where, where we're going to struggle with life. Jesus struggled with life. Jesus was tempted left and right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Pastor Omar, I mean, he painted a beautiful picture of this once when we were in a bible study and uh at uh we we, he was leading leading a bible study and and he was actually teaching out of this out of this passage and he painted it beautifully and he said that it's like looking at a barometer Mm. in your car it's kind of like um like an odometer or something like that Mm -hmm. or, or it's like a barometer where jesus as our high priest can be seen as flooring the flooring your car and that thing going all the way like redlining all mm-hmm. the way up to like nine ten whatever your car does right that is to the degree that jesus was tempted and mm-hmm. he never wavered not once never faltered never fell never sinned mm-hmm. therefore knowing that and understanding that jesus is our great high priest and he deals with with us gently because he has to and he also wants to. We can approach him boldly and confidently to know that we're never going to be judged. Hmm. And he's going to deal with us gently and softly in a loving way. What that means is it's very powerful to understand that Jesus is your great high priest. Because he struggled like you struggled. He suffered like you suffered. Just knowing that should catapult our faith to living to living 
reverently mm. because it's our obligation mm. to honor him in that because he never wavered, because he never faltered. He was able to go to the cross, bear every single ounce of weight for our sin. Mm. He dies, which proves his humanity. Mm -hmm. And yet again, he is resurrected because sin can never keep him. Mm. And good. therefore, we are also made new with Christ. We are made new creations. And, we're, and every single day, as life goes on, struggling and faulting, going in prayer and supplication to the Lord over our sin, for many other things as well, mm -hmm. every single day we're being made into his image until the day that we are with him. Amen. Amen. This is interesting. It's good. It's getting good. It's getting good. It's Don't getting miss better. the rest of this. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. We promise it gets better. We're also doing a couple, couple, couple fun upgrades. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned for... Uh, we'll be adding in some extra segments that we're labeling table sessions. Oh, come on now. You're going to be able to hear some of the banter that we have before we start recording our actual sessions. We got a couple of little toys that we've been fiddling around with lately. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple upgrades coming. We, we, we possibly might have a little dot com mm -hmm. coming out at some point or another. Oh, yes. You'll be able to find some, some little goodies in there. Some goodies, some resources. Oh. Maybe some articles. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. What? What? Come on now. Stay tuned, y'all. Stay tuned, you man. You don't want to miss these things. No, because uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We got some good stuff coming up, guys. We hope you enjoyed Hebrews 5. Join us next week for Hebrews chapter 6, where we get into some deep doctrine. Come on. Have you ever seen the rain, man? Listen, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. No, 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 no. I heard on TikTok. That this song, the lyrics, are actually um, Lorraine. What? It's a name. It's not a name. It's a name. It's not a name. It makes perfect sense. It doesn't make any sense. Man. It makes perfect sense. Have you ever seen Lorraine? Mag. It's Lorraine. It's not Lorraine. Bro, this is beans and chili all over again. It's not beans and chili. Yes. No. <laughs> Y'all let us know what you think. Grace and peace, fam. Love you guys.